let us pray. There we go. Gracious, loving God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for your word. We give you thanks this time we can take uh, to spend with you and to spend with your word. God, guide us uh, that we may be faithful interpreters of what you have for us. In Jesus' most holy name we pray. Amen. Good evening, friends, um, and welcome to another fun-filled edition of Scripture Talk, um, our podcast where we do kind of what we say we're going to do. We talk about Scripture. That's how that works. Yay! Um, yeah. I am uh, Pastor Trey Comstock. With me as ever is Go Brandy. Sister Brandy Dudley, good evening, everybody. Go Scott. Pastor Scott Ketchat, glad to be with you all. And go Stacy. I'm Burl Ives. Have a holy, jolly Christmas. I Stacy, as as we noted in the pre-show, Stacy now has you know real lighting, so you can see him. Um, let's see and mute that. Okay, cool, fantastic. Um, so this evening our scripture is um a couple selections from uh the first chapter of the book of John. It is John one six through eight. Um, and then 19 through 28, it is kind of the introduction uh, to John the Baptist um, in the book of John. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John. When the, Jews, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you a prophet? He answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had now they had now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know. The one who is coming after me, I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This this took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. So this is uh, part of what's uh, interesting is this scripture quotes our scripture from last week. That scripture, um, I am the the I am the voice cry in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, is from Isaiah forty. Uh, that is, and so John here quotes Isaiah 40, that uh, he is he is the one doing the crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. What's also interesting is if we remember the uh, context in Isaiah 40, uh, you know, some of us preached on it yesterday, uh, it is talking about coming, it is not about the people needing to get their act together. It is about the people finally being able to come home. Isaiah 40 is good news, not a challenge. And so it is interesting that John the Baptist sees himself as the one in the wilderness saying, the way home is coming. We, he also can be challenging, right? In other places, John gets his brood of vipers quote. But <laughs> for the people, 
writ large, he is good news. He is the voice in the wilderness saying, that thing you have been hoping for is coming. The, makes the, the path is straight now. There is a way to God. Um, I really like how we, we start this out and there in the beginning of John, that it is establishing who Jesus is. You know, he's very pointedly pointing out that, you know, this coming is God himself. And as you follow that along in that scripture, in the flesh, and then you have John the Baptist uh, declaring that to everyone that, hey, prepare. This isn't just an idea. This is literally God that's coming to bring these things that we've been waiting for and hoping for to pass. Well, right. And, it, and part of what John always has to do is John is kind of in an awkward <clears throat> position, right? Anytime we, we see John the Baptist quoted in scripture, John has to deal with an awkward reality, right? That he got famous first, but he is not the dude. And he's very, you know, to John's credit, he's very forthright. I am not the dude. Um, the, the dude is here. Here is the dude. But I am not the dude. Uh, you want me to be the dude because I fit your image of the dude, I guess. Uh, but I am not the dude. Um, I And, and you, you see John's humility, right? John could have hijacked this whole process and gone, yes, I am the dude, man. Um <laughs> No, it's my, my son's current fate from Guardians of the Galaxy, where the Guardians meet Thor, um, and, and uh, Star-Lord goes, who are you, dude? Um, and Drax goes, that is not a dude. That is a man. You are a dude. And so, in fact, what, what John is saying um, is, I am a dude. That is the man. Right? This is not, yeah, yeah. This is not John, John is the herald or yes. harbinger, depending yes. on which side of the religious thing you're acting I was just going to say, he, he's the hell press. He's just the, <laughs> the, the, the author. He's just the reporter. He's not the news. He's just getting the news out. Uh, I just so somehow, that's somehow, somehow I just picture John the Baptist, <clears throat> his voice being like Matthew McConaughey's, like, you know. Yeah, that's fair. Kind of cool, you know, come back and going, all right, all right, all right. I mean, Jesus is baptized. John the Baptist had John the Baptist had way less chill than that. Um, yeah, I, I true. Just, uh, John the Baptist had no chill. Uh, John, I, if you if you want to like if you want to like face cast uh, John the Baptist, you want to go with like a manic Nick Cage. Right? Like, if I, had to pick, if I had to pick, like, pick Nick Cage, like, explaining why we have to steal the Constitution or the Declaration of Independence. Excuse me, the Declaration of yeah. Independence. Uh, like, we have if, a fun. Sorry. Didn't mean to I step just, on you. No, I was just saying, like, that's my face cast of, like, you need someone with zero chill who is not interested in your BS. I'm not oh. the dude, man. Right? Like, yeah, more like a, more like a Jim Carrey. Alrighty then. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Nick Cage is always where I go. Anyways, what were you going to say, Scott? To say, yeah, uh, back when you're referring to him as a dude, uh, Ken posted in there, but he's not wearing a bathrobe. I mean, he's kind of wearing the biblical <laughs> equivalent of a bathrobe. He, he has kind the, of the is camel hair. That camel hair. Right, like he is. He may not be wearing a bathrobe, but he's also not dressed appropriately. Right, he is not dressed. 
the, the way people expect, you know, you to wears, you know, a rough clothing and sleeps rough and lives rough. And does, hey, it definitely does not have a that definitely does not have a doobie hanging out of his mouth either. No. That's probably on purpose. That's probably on purpose so he won't draw attention to you know himself. But, but ironically enough, it does draw attention to him. Uh, you know, many scholars believe he might be part of the uh, the Essenes uh, community and stuff. But what's interesting is the attention he's drawn. He doesn't go looking to have confrontations with the uh, uh, the religious leaders. He's staying out there in that little area of Bethany. They keep coming out to him. Why are you baptizing people? Are you the Messiah? Uh, no, it's not me. And then there's at that one point, he's like, you brood of vipers. Who told you to repent? Why are you right. here? He, uh, you... He, he, he has no qualm. Yeah, yeah. Throwing it right in their face and letting them know that the one is already among you that is the worthy one. You know, which right. which I'm sure had them starting to go, uh, who, 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 is it? Who, who, who's he talking Yo, about? You know what? Right? What? Because you cut, I mean, you cut immediately. Um, you, you pick up, you know, here is here is Jesus, right? Um, Jesus appears on the scene, you know, right after that, you know, picking up. Um, whoa, hold on, that got messed up. Um, and so yeah, I mean, the next thing is you uh, you cut you you cut to Jesus. And, you know, the Holy Spirit. And then, you know, before too long, you're getting disciples and, and, and we're off to the races. And so it became uh, very, very apparent very quickly, you know, who he's talking about. Um, but, yeah, it is it is quite a thing where you look around and go, huh, what? I was I didn't see that coming. Oops. The, the, <laughs> the one you've been waiting actually, you know for. Actually, you know what? If you want to do if, if you want to do some casting, actually, I was thinking about John the Baptist. The guy that played the voice of God in a dogma. There's your John the Baptist right okay, there. Sure, maybe. Um, again, you just, <laughs> you, yeah. You need someone with absolutely zero chill. That's a, that is a real key component to John the Baptist. Is one hundred percent zero. Well, chill. you know, uh, Charlton. Charlton Heston played him in the greatest story ever told, and you know, sure. uh, and he don't okay. take no BS at all. Yeah, right. yeah, right okay. There. I, I, I just—it's hard. To, I guess I could believe the same person who plays Moses um, plays John the Baptist. You're in a similar like Ben Hur, huh? Yeah, Ben Hur. You know, ben it's just, I don't know. To me, you know, I guess the, the scriptural picture of John is. John is not is not the normal guy. John is not the acceptable guy. John is the voice in the wilderness. And the wilderness in this case was like he is from chaotic he is chaotic. He is from a chaotic place. Um, and he doesn't come to bring the order. He's just here to stir up the chaos, right? And that chaos right. is good news. But, but to um, let us know that we need to get things in order because it's yes. at hand. And yes. you're right. You know, you had people like you had people in the town kind of looking off to the, you know, south going, what, "Who's that guy out there dunking people's head in the water? Right. What, what's going on over there?" You know, because well, I mean, you, you, I, I draw the anything draws attention like that. You know, something outside the box, and John Baptist was definitely outside the box. Uh -huh. Well, baptism wasn't out of the ordinary for the culture at that time. It just uh, 
the way it was being done by him and the uh, meaning that he was giving to it was kind of a little shake up and that's why they were asking why are you baptizing uh what, what, right. what what's going on with this and it's kind of that start well, of the leaders watching this movement happening going this isn't what we expected this isn't the norm and that's kind of what john's purpose was was to yes it's not going to be normal kind of get your mindset set to receive what's coming because it's going to be different than anything you've experienced before and they're coming in and they're coming in thrones man to do it too like all kinds of people are showing up you know it's almost like a kind of cha-cha line like dun 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 it's it's definitely that john john makes waves i think one of my one of the things I find most interesting about this scripture in particular is that he says he's not a prophet and then does all the things that a lot of the things that prophets do, uh-huh. right? That and, and, and he may not be the official prophet, but he certainly plays the role of a prophet. And one of the things that often certain kinds of there so in um so I had to take this really interesting class on the Hebrew prophets in undergrad, and one of the things we looked at is like looking at like different types of prophets. And so there's the kind of prophet that like sat inside the court and told the leadership what to do, right? And that would be like the prophet Nathan um, or, you know, yeah, right, you know, uh, the, a prophet that has the power to call the king uh, uh, to account, right? That's one type of prophet. But then there's this other type of prophet that sits way outside um, the power structure, outside the walls. Um, and the case of Ezekiel occasionally literally throws poop at the wall, right? John the Baptist is not the prophet that, like, sits in the center of power and advises the king on God's word. That's absolutely true. That is not a thing that John the Baptist does. But John the Baptist is definitely the kind of speaker for God that sits out way outside the walls and does dramatic things. Um, you know, what is it? Ezekiel has to wear sackcloth and cook food over a fire of his yeah. own excrement. Isn't that the, uh, I've got that more or less. Good times. Yeah. Yeah. John the Baptist is that kind of prophet doing something. So I would say John the Baptist is not like a court prophet, not like a Nathan or an Isaiah, but he is certainly doing something very prophetic um, here in this moment. Um, I often wonder if it just comes to his humility. Yeah, He was humble and he was at the fact that he was just doing what God told him. And so he didn't worry about what he was or who he was because, you know, they asked him, uh, you know, is he the witness? Is he the Messiah? And he's like, no, I'm not. I'm just the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Yet Jesus looked back and said he was the one who came in the spirit of Elijah. You know, when they, and, all. and so it's like uh-huh. what he did held more sway in what was to come than he even realized. He just took it as, I'm just doing what I'm told to do. There you go. Where put... all of us really should be uh, in Christianity. Yes. No. Uh, here, I'll put, right. it, I'll put it to you in wrestling terms. So in wrestling, you have people that, that – that, um, not necessarily are going to be the main event guys or anything, but they're the guys that put the uh, the main event guy over. They're not necessarily the man, but they're very integral in going and presenting and going, okay, this guy right here that's fixing to like beat me 
is the efficient be your champ. So get ready. And and they put him over and and, and eventually he becomes the, the world well, champion. And, and I think yes, and I actually think that analogy <laughs> holds up pretty well, especially because we get so this is where like cut you kind of read between the lines of scripture. It is probably historically true that John and Jesus were more linked than just the one scene we get, right? Generally, in each gospel, we only get one or two scenes directly between John and Jesus. Um, in Luke, uh, we get the scene where they meet before they're born. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, and then in each gospel, we get a version of the baptism, right? Where in each one, John says, I am not, I am a dude, that is the man, right? Um, but probably... Um, if we think about Jesus and John as living real human lives, they would have spent more time together. And in some ways, John does help bring Jesus up, right? John's a little bit older than Jesus. Uh, John starts in formal ministry than Jesus. And one of the reasons why John had to yeah. work so hard um, to say, I am not the person, this is the person, is that Jesus came second and would have had a, a, a an association with John um, that ran deeper than just this, these these single scenes or handful of scenes we get in the Gospels. You know, uh, even looking at the fact that Elizabeth is who Mary went to yes. while pregnant shows the closeness of them, and yeah. so odds are... They would have hung out. Hey, I need more tips on this child or let the babies play together, things like that. So there is that aspect of just the natural cousin, which plays into the fact then that, you know, it's not like it come up with uh, John always going, oh, Jesus is going to be the one. Uh, he, He probably knew that there was some special things about it, but it wasn't until he saw the Holy Spirit pointed out to him, it shows later on, that he then goes, oh, hey, it's it's definitely you. Yeah, even though it's not uh, predicted in scripture in uh, art, there are pictures of, or paintings of baby John the Baptist and baby Jesus getting together, and their mothers are talking with each other, and we kind of want to have that that spiritual imagination that they did uh, grow up together in a way. So well, that they kind of know that. I don't think that pushes scripture too hard. Right. Mm. We, again, we, you know, we always want to be very careful about what is in Scripture and what we're interpreting out of Scripture. Right. Again, we got to yeah. be careful about right. that. Um, but I don't think, you know, often I will, you know, if, if you all listen to me talk about Scripture any time, I will. I try to limit what we, what the Scripture tells us and what it doesn't. Right. Um, if you want a, a perfect example of that, go back to our, our, our long study of Revelation on our Wednesday night thing. Sure looks like the end <laughs> times. A lot of my answers to those questions is, it's possible. Scripture doesn't say it, though. Um, but here, Scripture does give us that deep familial connection. Um, and so I don't think it is too much. I don't think it is pushing the text too hard beyond what mm-hmm. it can bear to say, yeah, they probably did in a way grow up together. Um, you know, Elizabeth was lived close enough to Mary that Mary could just go there, right? Which is not, like, travel is difficult. Like, she couldn't just, like, get on a plane and go to, you know, uh, Caesarea Philippi, right? Um, <laughs> if Mary went there, it was, like, across town. And Bethlehem is not a very big place. Uh, and so, you know, you would know that 
um, Elizabeth would have to live relatively close to the temple because her husband would have served two weeks a year in the temple. Um, and so it is plausible that Elizabeth lives in Bethlehem uh, or, or very near Bethlehem so that Mary would just be able to go there uh, rather than, you know, needing to go on some long journey. You um, know, this kind of reminds me of what you were talking about yesterday during your sermon where um, sometimes, you know, we have like basic <clears throat> storylines that movies are made from, right? Yes. And, and, and you have the different, and this one, this one here, uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but almost kind of hints a little Star Wars. Well, so but it's the right, it's the little... other way around. But you got to remember, Stacy, you got to you, you got to remember what kind of what comes first, right? Um, always remember that Star Wars, in particular, is playing always with biblical concepts, right? Playing right, with right. the like cult, the like the, the that. The biblical story, even in a largely secular society, the biblical story has become a part of our cultural story. And so when you are creating when, – the stories that, sp that spin out of our culture are going to be influenced by scripture, even if they don't necessarily know it. It, just become, it becomes a cultural trope because of what happens in scripture. Uh, the other piece right. of it is it then does help us give us art that can still aid us in understanding scripture, right? Because mm -hmm. George right. Lucas gives us a lot more content than Luke or John. And so it can help us think about what it means to grow up a chosen one, what it means to be the chosen whatever, right? Um, and this is where, like, you know, Harry Potter um, is handy, uh, you know, reading that with my kid right now. Um like what it what it what does it feel like growing up being the chosen one, right? Um, the idea of of this chosen child goes way right back to scripture, but we have all of this art that then spirals out of it. Star Wars included. As he was talking uh, yesterday, as he was talking about the different tropes, this is something that's throughout literature and uh, Star Wars, especially. It, it's the hero's journey, yeah. you know, w whether it's um, you know. The Odyssey, you know, et cetera, you have that trope of the same type of things that happen from the wise counselor, the the call to action, the, you know, the, the special weapons or gift that, you know, it's, it's a common trope that comes about because we see these ideas having been passed down for a long time, even before the written in the oral traditions of, you know, scripture and other things of these story types being held and passed as a way of meeting a need of something we're looking yeah. for. Well, and I think mm -hmm. you got to keep in mind that, you know, the people who record Jesus' life all write in Greek, right? Or largely mm -hmm. in Greek. There are parts in not Greek. Um, but so they, they are aware of the trope of a hero's journey. And I suspect mm -hmm. part of how they tell the story of what the, what they know to be true about Jesus is written down by people who knew about the hero's journey um, and see that connection, right? That, oh, that's a way I can understand the life of this man and how I can pre present the life of this man in a way that people will understand. The audience hearing the Gospels would have known about a hero's journey. And so it becomes a way to help them wrap their mind around Jesus as essentially the ultimate hero's journey. 
Uh, there's a cool. question yeah. in the chat, which is fascinating. Um, could you say uh, that uh, he was the first wilderness man uh, coming in from Tracy? Um, certainly, <clears throat> he is not the fir- he is the first of the New Testament. Um, but there are certainly others in the Old Testament that played this role of 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 lone voice or small voice in the wilderness, um, and so John lives in a in a tradition of wilderness men, um, of wilderness prophets. You know, um, there is uh, those years that were of silence between the writing of the Old Testament and uh, Jesus's lifetime, and, yeah. and then the New Testament. And in so many ways, I've always viewed John as that transition. Yes. yes. He's not exactly the Old Testament type prophet, but he's in that vein and he's pointing to the new way through Jesus. The new way. Well, and John represents Mm -hmm. like a whole bunch of activity of which John was not the only one happening around that time. There were a lot of wilderness preachers. Um, There were a lot of wilderness movements. But it is John has, of all of them, of all of this noise, it is John whose voice rises above that noise and says, no, I know what the thing is. I am not the thing. This is the thing. That, like, why John, you know, why John gets remembered um, and is because of the truth, right? How do we know, how do you know a prophet, right? Well, their prophecies come true, right? Um, of all of the wilderness preachers of, uh, of, of ancient Judea, we don't know of many. Um, we know of the Essenes who wrote the Dead Sea Scrolls, uh, but jo- of the one that gets the headline, it's John the Baptist, because what John the Baptist said came true. Uh, what the thing that John pointed us towards, uh, tur- uh, the collective us towards, turned out to actually be the thing. Um, and, uh, John also had the humility to, again, not make it, not make it this about him, but to try to work as hard as possible to not make it about him. Um, which is parcel also part of the mark of a good prophet. The mark of a good prophet is to point someone towards God, not to point someone towards themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I agree. And, and that's, exactly- that's, that's kind of what this is still saying to us as we're going into this Advent yes. season is uh, this call to prepare the way, prepare our hearts for the remembrance of what has already been done and what God is still willing to do in and through us. And that this is good news, right? The quote from Isaiah is, is one of good news that, yeah. um, that the route out of exile is here. The way home is here. Um, as long as we look to the right place. And it's also a call for us to proclaim the good news to others as well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, You know what? I just thought, I just thought, I thought of a guy we could get to play John the Baptist. Um, The guy from uh, The Godfather. um, Which one? Al Pacino? Brando. We get some Brando. 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 Is Brando still alive? No, tell you about, tell you about Jesus say, Christ, you know. And, uh, I, no, I, I actually think more Al Pacino energy. Um, <laughs> Al Pacino, honey. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Hoo-ah! Hoo-ah! Jesus! Ah! On, 
on that note, it's probably as good a place as any uh, to end it uh, for this week. We will be back uh, next week with another edition um, as we continue our uh, journey towards Christmas. Um, if you have any feedback um, or comments or whatever for the show, uh, you can post them on uh, on our Facebook post, on our YouTube post, on our YouTube page. Um, you can post them um, over on our website, uh, palestinegrace.com slash video. Uh, you can email us, gracechurchpalestine at gmail.com. Um, and uh, don't forget there's an audio-only version of the show available after the fact. Just search Scripture Talk by Grace Church in your podcatcher of choice. Uh, also remember, fear not. Stay well. God is with us. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. G- good night. Bet the penguin. I'll hear the music. There, there it is. Uh, there it is.